Praise the Lord. Praise the living Jesus. You're welcome to church this morning. You're welcome to Sunday school. Today is first Sunday in the month of November. Praise the Lord. Our God has been so good. He has been so, so kind to us. Before we go into our lesson for today, let us pray. Father, we just want to thank you. Thank you for the gift of life. Thank you for keeping us since the beginning of the year. Thank you for bringing us to the first day in the month of November. Lord, be glorified in the name of Jesus. Our dear God, this morning, as we go into your word, Holy Spirit of God, help us to understand deeper, you know, the works of grace in the mighty name of Jesus and help us to live our lives to please you, to do your will in Jesus' name. Oh God, help us even to accept to, to accept the forgiving power of God, to accept the salvation and even the sanctification and only living that your grace is able to give unto us in Jesus' name. Thank you, everlasting Father, for in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Our topic for today is the works of grace. And we are looking at lesson nine. But before we go into this lesson, let's have a quick recap of our lesson eight. In lesson eight, the topic was the mercy of God. And we read Psalm 136. And you know that that psalm is filled with, you know, for every word it has for his mercies endures forever. I pray that God's mercy we always be evident in your life in Jesus' name. A memory verse was Psalm 86 verse 5, which says, Lord, you are good and you are forgiving and you are full of love for, for all who call out to you. And at the end of the lesson, we're able to understand God's mercy to us. And we know that God's mercy endures forever. And you no, know, God's mercy means his pity, his compassion, and his kindness towards people. And his mercy shows up in a believer's life as salvation and then continues to show mercy for in forgiveness. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I pray that God's mercy will always prevail in our lives in the mighty name of Jesus. And we will always, you know, accept his mercy in Jesus' name. Amen. So moving on to our lesson for today. The works of grace. The works of grace. Our Bible text is taken from Titus chapter 2, verse 11 and 12. Titus chapter 2, verse 11 and 12. And I read, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation had appeared to all men, teaching us that, denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously and godly, in this present world hallelujah so the bible says that the grace of god which brings salvation has appeared to all men so is right in front of everyone is in front of you is in front of me and all we need to do is to accept this work of grace is to accept jesus as our lord and savior it is open to every man it is an open invitation to everybody living on heart hallelujah and this grace of God when we accept it it will teach us to deny ungodliness to deny worldly lust it will teach us to live soberly it will teach us to live righteously 
ungodly in this present world. So what this is telling us is that righteous living is possible. Teenagers, righteous living is possible in this present world. It doesn't matter how perverse it, be it, it becomes, but once we have once we have the grace of God working for us, once we accept the grace of God, you know, into our life, then it will be possible for us to live a godly life. I pray that the Lord will help you and I in Jesus' name. A memory verse taken from Hebrews 10, 26. For if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sin. So we cannot... Uh, Continue in sin and expect grace to abound. When we have received Christ as our Lord and Savior, we cannot say, because now I am saved, then we'll continue to sin. No. He said, if we continue to sin after we have received the knowledge of truth, then there is no more sacrifice. Hallelujah. I pray the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. So at the end of this study, every teenager should know what God's grace do for them. Or I should know what God's grace do for me. And our central truth is God's grace keeps us holy and keeps us walking in righteousness. Hallelujah. So what is grace? Grace is a love and mercy given to us by God because God desires us to have it, not necessarily because of anything we have done to earn it. It is not a created substance of any kind. It is an attribute of God that is most manifest in the salvation of sinners. Grace is getting what you don't deserve and not getting what you do deserve. You know, we've been taught, in, uh, we have seen in our Bible, that what we should ordinarily deserve is death. Because the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. With no hope of resurrection. But God in his grace has handed us forgiveness, salvation, and eternal hope. That is grace. We did not work for it. But God just decided to have mercy on us. God decided to love us unconditionally, irrespective of whatever it is that we have done. And he has even made provision, made a way of escape for us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's go to our study guide. God's grace grants us access to the things we don't deserve. First, we don't deserve forgiveness because God gave the instruction to Adam and Eve, don't do this, and they went ahead to do it. But even in his loving kindness, he made a way of escape for us. God's grace is rich. God Grace is God reaching down to people who are in rebellion against him. No matter what you do, God is still reaching out. God is still reaching out. It, his hands are stretching towards you. All you need to do, my dear brother and sister, is for you to just grab that hand and it will pull you out. His hand is always outstretched. And grace is unconditional love towards a person who does not deserve it. Yes, nobody deserves it. But God has qualified you. God says you deserve it. So don't cheat yourself. Accept it. Accept this work of grace. Hallelujah. So let us look at our test in detail. From uh, 
the Titus chapter 2 verse 11 where we read, it said, grace comes from God. Grace comes from God. And God's grace brings salvation. We see that in Ephesians 2 verse 8. His grace brings salvation. And the salvation is to all people, including me, including you. You know, in verse 11, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation had appeared to all men. To all men. So the salvation is for you, is for me, is for everyone. And all we need to do is just to accept it. Hallelujah. So the works of grace are, you know, from verse 12, you see that the works of grace teaches us to deny ungodliness. Teaches us to deny ungodliness. Because we cannot continue in sin and expect grace to abound. The work, the grace work of grace, it teaches us to deny worldly lusts, immorality, addictions, sexual immorality, uh, perverseness. This is, this is the grace of God that will help us to deny worldliness. The grace of God will teach us to live soberly. It will teach us to live a, in a self-controlled manner, yielding to and will not yield to various passions and impulses. When the grace of God is at work in your life, it means that you have accepted Christ and you are constantly seeking, working out your salvation with free and trembling. The grace of God will help you to be able to control, to live a self-controlled life. Then sin will not have a few day in your life. Addiction will not have a few day in your life because God will help you to be able to master your desire, to be able to master your emotions. Hallelujah. And the grace of God will help us to live righteously. Righteously. This means conforming, conforming to God's standard of conduct. Commitment to a life of integrity and uprightness in our dealings with others. Conforming to life of God's standard. Hallelujah. And the grace of God will help us to live a God-filled, God-honoring life. A life of holiness and devotion to God beginning on the heart level. It will start from inside. We'll start pleasing God from our hearts. We'll start honoring God from our, our hearts. And before you know it, it will show, it will manifest, even in the way we live our life, in the way others perceive us. Hallelujah. Let's move on to our discussion. Many people have explained grace with this statement, once saved, forever saved. In the light of our lesson today, discuss this statement. I'll go back to our memory verse, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 26. I'll quickly read it in three different versions. New Living Translation says, Dear friends, if we deliberately continue sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there is no longer any sacrifice that will cover the sins. Good news, Bible, for there is no longer any sacrifice that will take away sins. If we purposely go on sinning, after the truth has been made known to us. The Passion Translation, For if we continue to persist in deliberate sin, after we have known and received the truth, there is not another sacrifice for sin to be made for us. So, from this memory verse and what we have seen this morning, I can say that once saved forever saved is a fallacy. It's a myth. We are to keep working out our salvation with fear and trembling. 
We cannot continue in sin and expect grace to abound. You know, when we read Romans chapter 6, verse 1, we'll see that. And the Bible also says anyone who has put his hand on the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. So to keep sinning after knowing and receiving the truth is not a part of the graceful living. It's not a part, you know, of of that grace that helps us to deny ungodliness. is not a path of that grace that helps us to deny worldly lust. It's not a path of that grace that helps us to live soberly. Hallelujah. So we cannot continue in sin and expect grace to abound. So once saved is not forever saved. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So in conclusion, the first works of grace, which is salvation, is needed in our lives to be able to overcome sin and temptation that daily comes our way. However, if you are yet to surrender your life to Christ, you need to do so to be able to enjoy this work of grace. You know, the grace has appeared to all men. And all we need to do, and God is in the business of reaching out, all we need to do is to embrace, you know, is to accept him. Hallelujah, as our Lord and Savior. Amen. Activity and prayer points. Activity, what is God's grace doing for me? From all we have learned this morning, God's grace qualifies me and you for forgiveness according to the riches of God's grace. God's grace drives our sanctification and helps us to live a holy and honorable life. God's grace helps us to grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus. Christ and God's grace forms the basis of our Christian and identity and life. So how can I apply this to my life? We know that grace is unmerited favor, so we should seek for ways to show mercy to others, even when they don't deserve it. We should love others even when they don't deserve it. Grace as a basis for the life we have in Christ, it must impact our Christian identity our standing with God, our behavior, our holiness, our strength for living, the way we speak, the way we serve, it must impact our sufficiency. It must impact our participation in God's mission, our future, and our hope for tomorrow. A prayer point is, let your grace be sufficient for me in Jesus' name. Father, let your grace be sufficient for me in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, let your grace be sufficient for us. Keep us standing in your grace. Keep us, help us to accept the work of grace. Help us to live a holy life in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for in Jesus' mighty name we pray.